Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Ani Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's a woo, and what gets flushed down the loo in today's Fox News puckered when the truth was told by Tucker, Deep State loses soldiers as the whistleblowers become bolder, the puppet administration confesses to having biolabs in Ukraine. Sudan decides to join the game and cause some international pain. The European Union becomes a medical dictatorship, while Joe Biden once again proves he has the mental capacity of a boiled parsnip. Oh, what a silly little world we live in. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. We are really successful, I will admit to that, but we are also on a bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. In fact, I'm going to take a little sip of my drinky poo just to see if it's good enough to share with you. Hold on, darlings. Don't go away. <clears throat> Here we go. Mm. Ah. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Ooh, let me have another sip. Ooh, that is good. Mm. Mm. I am definitely on to a winner with this one. Mm. Yummomatic. More about that at the end of the show. Where was I? Oh, I got so overwhelmed by my lovely drinky poo. Okay, if you are joining us for the first time, a very warm welcome to you. Be advised, my darlings, this show is politically incorrect so as not to erode the intellect. Martini heads, we are spirit-centered patriots. In fact, on this show, this is the place where the Holy Spirit, la la la, meets top shelf distilled spirits. And what a blessed union that is. On this show, darlings, we are not woke. We know the agenda behind the poke. And we understand all too well the ideology and machinery of the deep state. We believe America has a sacred purpose with regard to leading the way to our advancement into the fourth dimension. And that is why the current puppet New World Order administration works so diligently to dismantle the rights of the individual. And the rights of the individual are the foundation stone of our republic. 
Martini heads believe the US Constitution is a masterpiece and probably the best model ever for governance. So without the rights of the individual, there can be no such thing as freedom. We believe the primary role of any government is to protect the rights of the individual. And that means we believe in common sense and common decency and common courtesy because we are common folk. As long as it harms none, live your life as you please. Pursue happiness because in my book, that is the purpose of life, to be fulfilled, to be happy, to become self-realized. And we can't be those things if we continue allowing ourselves to listen to the ego mind instead of the spirit mind. We are distracted from our life path by the illusion of this ego programming. And it's been around forever in some shape or another. You know, our social conditioning, it tricks us into accepting fantastical lies as total truths and, you know, pouring hatred and ridicule on those who seek to correct our blurred vision. We have been told for eons that the purpose of life is to serve others, no matter the cost to our own selves. We have been taught that sacrifice is the highest and noblest virtue. And we have uh, told, you know, we've been told, be good people, be good people, act in ways termed moral because we owe this to God. And, you know, this is how God wants us to act. Um, you know, some people might think what I just said is ridiculous because, of course, all of that is true. But it's not, you see. It's rubbish. In my never humble opinion, it's all rubbish. We are looking at life arse backwards. And looking at things through your arse just doesn't work. The purpose of life is to find value in your path, in your journey. Because unless you find value in your path, you will never be fulfilled. Finding purpose of life, finding your value, your moral code, these are the things that bring fulfillment. If we are off our path, we become uncomfortable, don't we? We become disoriented and quite often constipated. The purpose of life is to become self-realized to recognize the entire cosmos within our own being. How can we know our worth if we don't know our true nature? How can we expect to be happy if we're always getting off our path to help others? We will never find fulfillment doing that. Quite the opposite, actually, we will foment resentment. Our souls, I think they're often bemused at the notion of sacrifice. Because sacrifice, let's be honest, it feeds the ego programming. You know, if one is spirit-centered and perceives no lack in the universe, why would you need an ego? I mean, it doesn't make sense for an unlimited eternal cosmic being to deplete itself to save another. And how can there be depletion when one is a conduit for an everlasting source of energy? So 
heavens above, all hail the propagandists who convinced mankind that a useful tool for the ego was actually a noble virtue, something that we should aspire to. This whole notion of sacrifice, of course, is very big in Christianity, isn't it? Now, I have no doubt that Emmanuel, that's what I call Jesus, that Emmanuel existed. I know he existed. I have great reverence for him. I, I have a personal relationship with him. But the stories of him in the Bible are rubbish. And for the most part, um, actually, there's a few little true things in there, but for the most part, it's rubbish. And you will never, ever convince me that he was crucified. I will never buy into that because, you know, a God that requires that action to wipe the slate clean is not a God I would serve. And also, why would the Romans do that and turn him into an instant martyr? Um, to me, it's just common sense. But it enabled the establishment to enslave us in debt, didn't it? Their thinking around that is like, ooh, guess what? We can convince everybody that they now owe Emmanuel a debt. And you must do exactly what the church franchise of the establishment says, or that debt will never be paid. After all, you poor, unworthy, cringing, miserable sinners, how could you ever repay such a noble sacrifice? You see, darlings, sacrifice feeds the ego machine, and Emmanuel didn't have an ego machine. And also, Massive congratulations to the propagandists who confused mankind with strange notions of a God with multiple personality disorders. A God apparently capable of beaming unconditional love while sidelining as a wrathful, vengeful Nazgul and also a founder member of Smiteaholics Anonymous. No wonder the world is upside down. We have been trained for eons to accept bullshit as irrefutable truth. Be a good person. Of course be a good person, but not because someone told you to do it, because you owe it to some God or another out there somewhere. Do it because it's the correct common sense way to conduct oneself. God is within my darlings. We have no moral obligation to do anything for anyone other than ourselves. And saying that, I can already feel it, it's rubbed people the wrong way, but it wouldn't if we realized that seeing God within ourselves allows us to see the God in everyone. And the result of that type of self-realization, it's more powerful than I can put into words. This entire planet is currently populated by humans who identify strongly with the ego mind. Now that leaves little room for the spirit mind, the higher mind, the God mind. Oh God, that's a good drink. Mm. There exists within each person a dichotomy. So you got the spirit, right? And the spirit is gung-ho to inhabit the human. But the human has developed chronic anxiety. The human is weary and teary. It has forgotten its divine ancestry and allowed its mind to become feeble. 
in a word, it's it, it's lost its motivation. So the spirit pushes forward and the spirit's there going, God is within you, rah, rah, rah. And the ego pushes back with, you are not worthy, na, 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 na. So, you know, the human is at war with itself. Lost in confusion, it is unable to make sense of the world around it. Lost in confusion, it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller, hiding from the relentless bombardment of stimuli. Eventually, it becomes so tired, so worn down, it becomes a half-witted human, begging for direction because thinking is just too painful. And every so often, we have to take a step back and go, holy heck, people, how did it come to this? Well, it did, because here we are. We all want to be happy, but nobody can really tell you what that is. So let's talk about that today. I've already got a buzz from this drink. So let's talk about being happy. Happiness, what is it? Is it a state of well-being and contentment? Is it, uh, what does the dictionary say about this? Um, any state of being having a measure of permanence in which pleasure decidedly predominates over pain. Well, can anybody out there admit to being 100% happy or 100% of the time? Mm, I doubt it. I mean, can it be a permanent state of mind? Or is it always conditional and temporal? Do we need something to happen to make us happy? You know, a pleasant surprise, your neighbor showing up with a giant donut, perhaps uh, a giant calorie free donut or someone patting us on the back and saying, well done, Avidisian, you did a jolly good job. And somebody giving us a paycheck bonus or a day off with pay or a perfectly mixed cocktail. That puts us in a good mood for a while. But how do we maintain a continuous good mood vibe? And. Is happiness the same as joy? I suppose it depends on who you ask. As a young adult, many moons ago, when God was a teenager, I was taught that happiness was not a vibration we could maintain until we had mastered the joy of acknowledging our true cosmic nature. And I believe um, when our teachers said joy, they meant bliss, the state of bliss. You know, that bar of bliss below which one would never fall. So bliss would be the platform from which one jumps from one happy moment to another. And I liked that explanation years ago when it was given to me um, by one of my English teachers, actually. I like that explanation. I resonate to it. It very much follows along the line of find ye first the kingdom of heaven and all else will follow. It makes perfect sense to me. To thine own self be true and you will serve the self. And that self-realized self will by default help others to self-realize. We have to stop putting band-aids on each other. We need to shift our consciousness permanently now to a fourth dimensional state. And I think it would behoove us if we did it before the planet got to that stage. We're in the multiple timelines back and forth, back and forth, back and forth right now. 
But I still don't think people understand or grasp what it means to be in the fourth dimension. It is worlds apart from upper third. So in today's world, happiness is an elusive state of mind, isn't it? Everyone wants to be happy, but it seems no one knows how to get there. And when they do get there, they don't seem to know how to stay there. If we rely on things or events to make us happy, then happiness will remain elusive and temporal. It's a simple enough concept to grasp, but once understood, shifting, shifting the perspective, it shouldn't present much of a challenge. Simple concept, understand it, shift the perception, but eons and eons of this ego programming has turned our minds into scrambled eggs. So we need to approach this problem for, you know, from multiple angles. A permanent state of happiness is achievable, in my opinion, but only if we shift into permanent alignment with all that is. Now, that is the goal, of course. That is why we have these incarnations so that we can self-realize in spirit while in physical form, thus bringing amazing, incalculable amounts of golden light to the realm. But it's a process that requires self-honesty, a genuine desire to break out of the prison of the modern human mind. And it requires persistence, diligence and focus, with a little room for incense and hocus pocus and some fun, we must become accustomed to the fact that happiness should be our default state. And that is difficult because our minds are filled to the brim with the thoughts of others, most of which are meaningless. How many times have you woken up from a really decent night's sleep? Oh, peaceful and lovely and oh, just wonderful. And the minute you're into your consciousness, blah, 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 blah. How many times do sheep have sex in the spring? La, 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 la. Why did I do that thing in 1972? What happened to the plot line of the thing I watched in Netflix the other day? I mean, good heavens, our minds are just, oh, we've got to sort this out, people. Should we do that? Should we sort it out? Let me have a drink. I'm always better with a drink. Hold on. Oh, that is so refreshing. I am refreshed. Let's take some baby steps. I'm still here. I'm just thinking. Okay, let's take some baby steps. How can we train ourselves to be happy? How can we train ourselves to be happy without looking over our shoulders every five minutes? Well, let's start with the boring stuff. Let's start with the really obvious stuff. Let's look at what we put into our bodies. Unless we grow our own food and raise our own livestock, the food we eat daily has gone through some sort of processing, hasn't it? Now, pesticides certainly are a factor. And in some cases, I have learned the seeds are sprayed. The seeds themselves are sprayed before they're planted. In addition to that, we have our genetically modified foods. So we have to learn to read the stickers on our fruit and veg. I mean, we should be buying fruit and veg that doesn't have stickers on it, but that's not possible for everyone. So learn to read the stickers on your produce 
And let's get into the habit of reading the labels on any food that has a label. If an item comes with a long list of ingredients, some of which sound like specimens from a laboratory, make a better choice. What we put in our bodies will affect our mental and physical health. Now, let's be honest. And, you know, I'm a bit of a chubbomatic on occasion myself. My, my weight goes up and down continually. Um, America has become a nation of the obese. Inflammation is common. Brain fog is common. And here's the bit that troubles me. We have turned our hospitals into palaces of pain where we worship our dysfunctional bodies. And if we think our daily consumption has nothing to do with any of that, we are being dangerously naive. Now, I don't give nutritional advice because people don't take nutritional advice from fat people. And also, I'm not a medical practitioner or a nutritionist, but I think I'm safe in saying, please, let's eliminate refined sugar from our diet. This nation has a sweet tooth and that sweet tooth is killing us. It's killing us. This constant sugar consumption is a roller coaster for the mind. And God knows the modern mind is fractured enough without sugar buzzers and sugar crashes. Addiction to sugar is as dangerous, in my opinion, as any drug addiction. And maybe it's even more dangerous because sugar is not illegal. You don't have to get in your car and drive down to the wrong end of town and meet the dude with the blue shirt on the wrong side of the tracks and, and have a quiet little interchange with him. It's everywhere. It's in everything. We were at a diner a couple of weeks ago, and God knows we rarely eat out for so many reasons. But um, we thought we'd do a healthy choice. Instead of having just regular potatoes, we'd have sweet potato fries. The sweet potato fries came doused in cinnamon sugar. Why on earth would you serve a side of sweet potato fries with a hamburger when it was doused in cinnamon sugar? This is deeply dysfunctional. And people were lapping it up. It doesn't make sense. So I advise taking a good look at your daily sugar consumption and making some changes immediately. Because no doctor's going to disagree with me. Well, maybe Fauci, but then he's not really a doctor, is he? Excessive sugar consumption destroys brains and it destroys bodies and it destroys lives. So let's make better choices. America, let's wean ourselves off the sugar. Let's stop craving sugar. I, I switched uh, a while ago to small amounts of raw honey and coconut sugar, and it worked very well for me. But you do your own research and make the necessary changes. I very much believe in um, individualized assessment. Everyone's got a different type of body. Find out what works for you and stick to it. Let's take a look at everything we consume daily, weekly, monthly. First and foremost, I say, is it a balanced diet? Man cannot live by mac and cheese alone, though many try to do just that. We need a mix of fruit, veg, meat, if you eat meat, I do, healthy grains and seeds and some starches. But no one diet is perfect for everyone. But finding the perfect diet for you is a key factor in mental and physical health. 
Now, I broke down and I chose to have a comprehensive food sensitivity test. And I'm going to tell you it was probably the best $500 I ever spent. Because based on those results, I eliminated everything I was reactive to. I increased my intake of insoluble fiber. I increased my water consumption to eight full glasses a day. I eliminated dairy. I started walking 30 minutes a day. And oh my God, how surprising, the brain fog disappeared and the pain in my joints was significantly reduced and my pep, my motivation returned. And because I decided that I would finally grow up and be a big girl, I chose not to bemoan the loss of my former sugary treats. After all, here's the ego in action again. If it hurts you, if it is actively poisoning you, calling, is a, calling it a treat, well, that's sheer insanity. Over the years in my profession, I have seen a great many children, adults too, but children, um, they get diagnosed with these complex and undiagnosable medical conditions that someone tries to give a name with, no one knows what to do with them. But a simple change in diet, I have seen it work miracles. So don't dismiss this vital factor in your quest for eternal happiness. If your body is groaning from the constant attack of inflammatory foods and beverages, your brain will not serve the mind as intended. So let's make the physical changes first, you know, food, drink, exercise, and the brain will help our mind guide us to a happy and fulfilling life experience, which is all we want. We don't want anything else. That's what we want, a happy and fulfilling life experience. We want to be on our deathbed at the end of our lives going, what a wonderful life I had. I mean, okay, I messed up, I had some tough times, and who gives you a handbook when you come down? But I did my best, I became conscious, I became awake, and I resolved all my issues, and then I lived life on a whole other level. But now, oh, all of this joy that I've experienced, I've given this life all the meaning that it has for me now. I'm just so complete in this life, I want to go to heaven. I want to go back into my cumulative soul at some point. I want to visit all my friends on the other side and I deserve to be in the perfect bliss of the divine. That's really what we want. And then of course, once you're up there for a while, you get bored with all that perfection and you go, okay, let me, let me make a really difficult life for myself and go onto this realm and, and, and show exactly how brilliant I am. And, and, uh, and let me not forget this time that uh, when you're born as a human baby, all of your wisdom is on mute and you start all over again from scratch. Okay, happiness. What else stands in the way of happiness? I mean, many things, but let's just talk about the things that are in our face most of the time. Resentment. There's a lot of it about, you know, my darlings. And what is resentment? Indignation or ill will stemming from a feeling of having been wronged or offended. It is a synonym to anger. We cannot be powerful in the now if we carry grievances from the past. And the ego programming loves insults. It loves creating victims. It longs to create short circuits in the energy anatomy. It wants our auras to resemble battlefields filled with unexploded landmines, all carrying um, past woes in them. 
And this is how billions of people walk around today. In a field of their own unexploded ordnance. I mean, how fragile does that make us? With so many sensitive spots, with so many open wounds just begging to bleed out over everyone who dares to trespass on our dark domain of unresolved emotional goo-goo. So let's check our resentment quota, shall we? And let the past go so we can have a functional and relatively happy future. And do remember, the soul cannot be angered or insulted. Well, okay, nor can a spirit-centered human who has overcome the ego programming because the only part of us that feels this pain and succumbs to the mind-numbing insanity of victimhood is the ego. And the ego isn't even part of the divine blueprint. It's a program introduced later by darker forces to keep us in misalignment with all that is. So figure this out and life will go from tragic to magic. Bada bing, bada boom, ta-da, woohoo, huzzah. Simple concept, absolutely life-altering though. So what else will help us to train ourselves to be happy? Because we humans, we're not very good at like having these massive aha moments. We have to be encouraged with lots of little mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm moments, you see. So we have to train ourselves to be happy. Well, again, we can understand that the ego hates changes. <laughs> it hates changes for the better. So let's accept that there will be resistance. Let us be prepared for resistance. And, and what is resistance? Uh, go back to your physics classes, Annie. What is a force that tends to oppose or retard motion? A force that acts to stop the progress of something to make it slower? Uh, the degree to which a substance prevents the flow of an electrical current through it. And of course, our electrical current is our divine current. I have learned the hard way stubborn little so-and-so that I am, that you cannot reason with resistance because by its very nature, it is insane. Why would a spirit-centered being resist taking the actions necessary to improving life? Surely that's the definition of sheer, sheer insanity. But the ego mind is insane. And every problem we have today is because this is not identified correctly and addressed in the appropriate manner. Resistance, ugh, it's an insidious miasma of woe. Since we can't negotiate with it because it is insane, the only way through it is to acknowledge it and then turn away from it. And we do this more often than we think in life Example, honey, give examples. Have a drink. Have a drink. Examples come to you when you drink. Hang on. Mm. I so wish I had made this into a double. <clears throat> now, Arnie, don't break your own rule. Okay, examples. Perhaps you don't like getting up at 5 a.m. to work out. I know I don't. But you know you won't be motivated to work out after 10 hours in the office. So you accept the 5 a.m. call as your only workable option. And because you're an emotionally stable grown-up, you get up, you sigh, you burp, you have a pee, and you say, oh, I don't want to do this, 
but I need to do this. And so you go to the gym and you do it. And the beautiful thing is, you know, because endorphins are a thing, 10 minutes into your workout, you feel great and all resistance is gone until 5 a.m. the next morning. So that's that's a win for us, isn't it? Spirit-centered human one, ego mind zero. Huzzah. We're not always going to feel the rush of motivation, but this type of self-discipline will save the day and it will save our sanity. More tips, more tips for happiness training. We need to train ourselves to be happy. Well, as always, I will go back to the philosophy of stoicism. Understand what you can control and understand what is out of your control. And primarily, we can control our thoughts, our reactions and our actions. And our main responsibility is to be the best version of ourselves. It really is. Worry is a dysfunctional relationship with time. Anything that troubles you should be dealt with as soon as possible. So use your emotions as intelligence. Resolve the issues and carry no grievance. Go out and buy a book on stoicism. It's a very practical way of addressing the dissolving of the ego mind. You know, and it's particularly good for people who don't like all the religious stuff. And Marcus Aurelius, by the way, is not the only Stoic philosopher. There are many more. But his Meditations is an excellent book, and it should be on every single coffee table. Right, what else? Oh, look around you today. It's drama, darlings, drama. Check your drama meter. Some people just love drama. I know, because I come from an Armenian family. But drama is just noise. Some people just love to make their lives as dramatic and as noisy as possible, because that way they don't have to deal with anything. Because drama-fueled people are generally afraid of solutions. And they don't want a quiet, happy life. They want attention and they want to feed the ego. Don't be one of those people. If you like drama, go to the theater, but don't bring it home. The other thing we should all look at is our daily habits that are harmful. We all have them. And they may not be, you know, dreadful things, but we all engage in behavioral patterns that don't serve our highest good. So make a list and, you know, don't make it a long list, like the top five, top five things I would like to change about myself. Make a list, ask yourself, why do I do this thing when I know it makes me feel bad? And a lovely exercise, take some quiet time of an evening, get a pencil and paper, and write your favorite dysfunctional trait on the header line and then refusing to be distracted for say 15 to 30 minutes ask yourself that question for example i'm just gonna be silly here but if the main problem that you have in your life is that you put cheese sauce on your broccoli then on the header line you would put why do i put cheese sauce on my broccoli when i know i am allergic to cheese then engage in the stream of consciousness. Write down whatever comes into your head. It doesn't matter how stupid it sounds. It doesn't matter if it comes out in Lithuanian or Klingon. Don't edit or second guess. Just allow the insanity to flow forth onto the paper and you will see clearly how cluttered the mind is with trivial trinkets and trash. 
that's a that writing exercise is a wonderful exercise. I generally have my mentees do that for um, seven days in a row, 30 minutes at a time. It seeks to clear the crap out of your head so you can think clearly. What else? Here's a big one. Don't make promises you can't keep. Why? Well, it's bad form for a start, but that's not enough. It's because it foments self-loathing and self-loathing can make us very, very sick in mind and in body. Refuse to engage in toxic behavior. Oh, there's a lot of toxic behavior around, always has been. But lately, with this current administration um, and its new world order, that they absolutely want everyone to hate each other. They are finding division where there isn't division. And, uh, you know, this is toxic, toxic, right? I will tell you the only way to deal with toxicity, and that is not to deal with toxicity. You refuse to deal with it. You walk away from it. You do not tolerate it. You do not engage with it. Cultivate some self-respect. And whether you're affected by it or not, and very few are not, do not allow others to treat you badly. That goes in. I see mothers doing this with their children or spouses or close relationships. When you allow people to disrespect you over and over again, not a, you're harming yourself and you're also enabling them. You're teaching them how much you will put up with. You are enabling them to pour their filth all over you. This is insane. So take a look at that. You know, this notion of it's my child and I sacrifice everything. You don't have to sacrifice anything for your child. It's a manifestation of source. It's a brilliant divine being. Take care of your child. Be a good and honorable guardian. But try to have a sense of the fact that you too are source energy. You don't have to sacrifice in an unlimited universe. You're a conduit, not a vessel. The other thing I would suggest is let's review our intake of stimulants. So if you use alcohol or cannabis, and you know some of us do like a drinky poo from time to time, not a bad idea to review your intake from time to time because you want to know if you're escaping or enjoying. So let's, in, you know, a little self-honesty. It's difficult for humans, and I don't know why, because other than the ego programming doesn't want us to be functional, but self-honesty is a conversation with you and your higher self. There's no one else there, so what's the hang-up? And if you can't be honest with yourself, you will never be honest with others. And right there is another stumbling block to sanity. So figure it out. And I'm not going to talk about hard drugs because why on earth would you want to take those? I mean, smoke a joint once in a while, have a glass of wine, but there's some bad juju out there. People stay away from it, please. You see, the ego will do anything to negate your self-image. So let's talk about the self-image. Take a good look at yourself in the mirror, preferably right after a shower when you are butt naked, no clothes to hide behind. Breathe deeply. Look at yourself. Really look at yourself in the eye. Do you like what you see? Would you like to talk to yourself about what you see? Darlings, you will never accomplish anything of value in life if you can't stand your own image. And if your own image is something that bugs you day in, day out, then you're being insane by not addressing that.
You see where I'm going with this? The ego is insane. It is making you insane. You are not capable of becoming insane because you are divine. The programming of the ego is corrupting your access to spirit. Self-image problems, we have a lot. Self-loathing, victimhood, we have a lot. And so I just tell you, never, ever, under any circumstances, talk negatively about yourself, not even in jest. You are a divine creation. Respect yourself. You cannot respect others until you first respect yourself. You cannot love others if you hate yourself. To think otherwise is insane. And let's not confuse egocentric behavior with having a healthy respect for self. There's a difference. So don't forget to thank yourself for doing well. And don't forget to forgive yourself for backsliding. We should always seek to review our day, correct our behavior and move on. Carry no grievance. Give the ego program no credence. Now, darlings, I could talk about this for another eight hours, but we don't have eight hours. So let's leave it there for now, because I think we've covered most of the basics. I think I've given you what you need to make a good start with your personal return to happiness project. So drop me a line and let me know how it goes. Okay, drinky poo time. Rapidly diminishing drinky poo. Hold on. Oh, Allah Akbar. That is beautiful. Let's move on to quack questions, answers, and comments. If you would like to share the contents of your magnificent and possibly maleficent minds with martini heads worldwide, send your emails to me, Ani at AniAvadician.com or via snail mail to Cosmic Ani, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, U.S. of A. And darlings, let me know if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. So let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out to shaky, 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 shaky. Not as many as last time, and I haven't had any hate mail this week. That's good. So this first one is from Christopher, who writes, Ani, I enjoy your show, but would like to see more cocktail content. <laughs> I loved the show in which you sampled nine types of whiskey. Can we have more of that, please? <laughs> oh, Christopher, um, I think I enjoyed that show, but to be honest, I don't remember much of it. Um, nine healthy sips is too much, even for a battle, battle-scarred veteran of the cocktail wars. I will take your suggestion under consideration, but that said, I'm not sure it would be appropriate for this show. I do have plans for a series of short videos focused on cocktails, so keep in touch on that one. I doubt I'll get to them much before the end of this year, though. You know, I want to call it something like Conscious Cocktails and Fabulous Fables, um, you know, where we make a cocktail and we talk about what it reminds us of or some sort of current event. Um, anyway, those will be videos, not podcasts, so they take a bit more preparation and set up. And we can only tie up so many loose ends on our shoestring budget, but it's coming. Hold on, Christopher. And meanwhile, darling, since you're a lover of both the Holy Spirit and distilled spirits, why don't you send me a few of your favorite cocktail recipes and maybe in the not, not too distant future, we can muddle a few mojitos together. Don't read anything into that, darling. I'm, I'm way past the age of, you know, that type of muddling. All right, here's another one. And this is from a lady called Misty who says, Arnie, I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while. I'm so glad I do. I love the quack. 
<laughs> so do I, Misty. She goes, I'm not able to access all of your past shows on the COVID vaccine, probably because YouTube has taken them all down, darling. Um, so I thought I would just ask. I received the Pfizer vaccine, both doses, no boosters, because I believed it would be effective. But um, not because I, oh, sorry, not because I believed it would be effective, but because I have children and I need to keep my job to feed them. Understood. I'm still strongly against the vaccine. Um, my children didn't take it. My husband didn't get it. Um, and I, I don't want to read too much into this because I don't want to identify you too much, even though you said I can use your first name. Um, the, I think your main issue here is um, even though you feel fine and you opened up in spirit recently um, and everything's going well for you, your main thing is should I be concerned because I took the vaccine? Um, you know, darling, here's, you know, I know you don't feel good about it, but not everyone's going to have a serious reaction to it, thank God. And if you feel that you opened up to spirit, I assure you, I assure you, I believe 100% that the body is a learning tool for the mind. And any condition can be overwritten. I believe we can regrow limbs if we set our minds to it. And as soon as the first human regrows a limb, it'll be like Roger Bannister setting the four-minute mile. Everybody will be doing it. Well, not me. I can't run a mile in four minutes. But anyway, Misty, continue to affirm your divine nature. Continue to affirm the perfection of your creation. Continue doing all the things you know to do that support your immune system and keep the body in good working order. Now, information on the different batches is actually available. If you go to howbadismybatch.com, howbadismybatch.com, um, you'll be able to track the batch that you took and you'll be able to take a look at all the adverse reactions, etc. Lots of information there. Also, uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who I'm very fond of, talks about it on uh, some of his Substack articles, uh, a very useful resource. He is a medical doctor. So if you're doing great, then darling, continue to do great. Continue to be in touch with your body's intelligence. And if anything changes, you get unusual symptoms or whatever, be proactive and correct the imbalance immediately. And you are not the only medical person who felt they had no choice. You were told you would be fired if you didn't take this poisonous thing. I have stacks of correspondence from nurses and hospital support staff crying over the decisions they felt they were coerced into making. God is greater than this fake vaccine. You're cool, Misty. Carry on. You know how different would our world look right now if even 10% of the people who knew it was a scam said no and walked out or didn't know it was a scam but had doubts and just walked out? It would have crashed the narrative and put a giant spanner in the deep state's machinery for global depopulation by mass murder. You're going to be okay, darling. Give thanks to God and boogie on with life. And thank you for listening to the show. So we have another one here from uh, Jordan in Tulsa. Um, he says, dear Arnie, I think that's in Oklahoma, isn't it? Dear Arnie, first, I want to thank you for your commitment to upholding the values of the US Constitution, huzzah. And as a fellow plinker, I support your support of the Second Amendment, huzzah. Um, I agree with you, Arnie, how do we feel about gun control? Come and take it and you'll find out. I feel very much that way, brother. Um, my question today has nothing to do with firearms. Ah, I want to ask you if you use preserved lemons in your cooking. <laughs> An Armenian American friend gave me a jar of home preserved lemons and I was too embarrassed to ask how I am supposed to use them. So, Ani, 
you're an Armenian American. How do you use them? It is true. My race ancestry is Armenian. Um, Jordan, oh, as far as I know, preserving lemons isn't an Armenian thing per se. I mean, not as far as I know. I have a Moroccan friend who preserves them and uses them. And I have Iranian Armenian friends who use some sort of horrible looking dried lemon or lime or whatever it is that they keep putting in their stews. But um, what is it that you've got? Is it a jar of lemons preserved with a ton of salt? Because if it is, I would just keep it in your prep kit. And if you're from Oklahoma, I know you have a prep pantry. Um, so, you know, should we lose access to fresh citrus, you can rinse them really, really well and use them as you would a fresh lemon. And I apologize sincerely for my lack of knowledge on this subject. Um, anyone out there from the Armenian American community with any advice for Jordan, drop me a line and I'll pass it on. Um, thanks for writing, Jordan. Carry on plinking and perhaps, um, perhaps send along a little bit more detail on those lemons and we can come up with better suggestions for you. What lemons? <laughs> Loved it. Okay, thank you. What else troubles the minds of our martini heads today? This is from Henry, and Henry is in San Bernardino in what he says is the enslaved totalitarian district of America we once knew as California. <laughs> and Henry speaks thus. A dear friend was recently diagnosed with late stage pancreatic cancer. Mm. We noticed the change in him about a year ago. He didn't look sick, but he lost his vigor. We finally convinced him to get a full checkup last month. And as I mentioned, it was bad news. Since the official diagnosis, and we obtained a second opinion and made all the right noises, he has simply lost the will to live. He quit his job. He says he has enough savings to last him the six months or less the doctors say he has left. He went through his belongings and sold about 90% of what he owned. He says his affairs are in order and he will be happy to wake up one morning and find himself in heaven. He has no family and no dependents, but many good friends. My question to you, Arnie, is this. How can I help him turn this around? What can I do or say to convince him that life is worth living? Henry, let me take a sip of my drink. Okay. All right, darling, your friend is preparing to exit this realm and move on. If he thought life was worth living, he would behave differently. Late stage pancreatic cancer rarely goes well. And the stamina required to fight it, to come back from it, is monumental. Don't disturb his peace. Instead, sit with him and support him in his decision. Life is about quality, not quantity. As his friend, your duty is to support him in his decision and to help him make his last days happy ones. And I assure you, Henry, you will learn a great deal about yourself in the next few months. Be respectful, brother. Let your friend go to his peaceful place. Mm. Do we have time for another question? I think we do. Just about. Yes, we do. Um, this is from Omit Personal Details, who says, do you think RFK will become president? Uh, it's a good question. 
if he runs as a Democrat, I would say probably not. I mean, he's awake. He speaks out against the deep state. He is God's own advocate for our children. How is he going to negotiate the lockstep hive mind that is the DNC these days? You know, the light of Camelot has gone from these shores, people. It's gone. All that's left now is the betrayal of Mordred. How about Trump RFK? <laughs> that would be colorful, to say the least. Dems are not going to win the next election, no matter how sophisticated the methods they use to steal another election. You have to be an epsilon semi-moron at this point not to see the systematic dismantling of the republic. Oh, America, lock and load and brace for impact. I'm ready. Bring it on. I took a vow recently to defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, you know, I'm quite looking forward to that part. Do we have time for another question? I think we do. Um, let's take one more, see how it goes. This one is from Annie, um, A-N-N-I-E, in Maricopa County, Arizona. Oh, we all know where Maricopa County, Arizona is. Let me take a moment here to honor Carrie Lake. Go Carrie, go Carrie. You are fearless, you are peerless. Go Carrie, go Carrie. You are courageous. Your patriotism is contagious. Go carry and call out the bad guys. Okay, um, I'm I'm a little tittled. <laughs> um, okay, back to Annie's question. Dear Mad Shaman, I want vengeance. I want public executions. I want the blind to be shown the error of their ways. I want it all in the open. I cannot stand the thought of these people getting away with the evil they have inflicted upon us. They should be shot, then they should be hanged, and then they should be quartered, and then their entrails should be burned over a small fire, and it should all be on television. <laughs> Woo! Okay, Annie, wow. Um, oh, and P.S., thank you for letting me vent. And, and another P.S., I have enclosed a recipe for a new cocktail. I hope you enjoy it. Annie, darling, I think you need the cocktail more than I do. Um, sweetheart, listen, I hear you. We all hear you. And if we are honest, we want that too. I, I know about the entrail part. I mean, that's just, you know, ugh, a little medieval for me. But we do want, you know, the recognition and all of that. But, okay, let's take a deep breath and remember the bigger picture in all of this is not vengeance, but exposure exposure and then justice according to the laws of the land and also the recognition that 90 percent of mankind allowed itself to be dumbed down duped and enslaved in fear and once exposed the goal is to make sure this never happens again and that requires a massive shift in awareness and that has begun but on a scale of one to ten for completion we are at number one so i would say vent it darling release it Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, which of course has nothing to do with vengeance. What that means in the common vernacular, it means karma happens, bitch. Hold on and watch. I think that's it for questions, answers and comments this week. Shall we have some silly poems? We have a couple of minutes. You know, whenever I have a drinky poo, um, which isn't as often anymore as I would like, but whenever I do drinky poo poo, I feel motivated to write silly poems, and this week was no exception. So I have a couple of limericks and a short poem if I have time. So here we go. Um, these limericks are untitled. 
Here we go. There once was a girl from Rangoon who was destined to fly to the moon. When asked, are you scared? She said, no, I'm prepared. I'll be taking my trusty harpoon. Yeah, I can live with that. That wasn't bad. One more. There once was a rodent named Tish who drank milk from a broken old dish. When milk became deer, it was swapped out with beer and Tish did a pish in his dish. <laughs> I like that one. Um, I want to share a poem I wrote a couple of years ago, a very short one, a very sweet one. Um, it's called My Friend Arnold. Here we go. For years, I had this friend. His name was Arnold Post. I loved him till the end, but Arnold was a ghost. We always shared our meals, not that it really mattered. For all the food he ate, he never once got fatter. We'd take the train on Sundays to sit and stare at the ocean. He never once got sunburn or ever needed lotion. He was my secret friend. I suppose that is admissible. After all, I can't deny he clearly was invisible. I remember well the day they called him back to heaven. He said, I love you, Arnie. And by the way, my name is really Kevin. Isn't that a sweet little poem about a sweet little ghost? Um, I keep threatening to compile my poems into one anthology. And I, I think I just better get on with it. Um, so much to do, but uh, since we have life everlasting, I suppose it'll get done in due course. Let me take a moment to thank the people who made intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, a veritable cornucopia of all things metaphysical, and they stock a full range of items from the typical to the quizzical. So mysticalwares.com is the bomb. Online or on location, darlings, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. And now, my sweethearts, I have so much more to share with you, but it appears we're coming to the end of the show. So here we go. Thank you for listening. I've really enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Today's real life cocktail, I'm calling Cosmic Arnie's Summer Sipper. And here's how you make it. It's very easy. Take a lowball glass and fill it with cracked ice. Three quarters, of the way, three quarters of the way up, pour Crown Royal Peach Whiskey into it. Add a splash of lemon lion soda um, along the lines of Sprite, but try to find something healthier like Fever Tree um, or Q. And then float a teaspoon of maraschino cherry juice, not the cheap stuff. And then put one good maraschino cherry on top and sip it all day long. It is lovely for late spring and early summer sipping. I finished mine long before, which doesn't usually happen, uh, long before the show ended. Folks, remember cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink, one drink is all you need. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, don't take any wooden nickels. Don't eat pasteurized pickles. Fight for your freedom, because without respect for the rights of the individual, there can be no freedom. But of all, 
above all, my darlings, I am so tiddly. Let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to the Metaphysical Martini with Ani Apatisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you.